listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. Take up our prophetic mantle as a church. And so today, I want to talk about a prophet. All right? And today, I want to address a few things that are going around the world right now. Yeah? So turn with me. Start here in Hebrews 12 chapter. Now, twelve Hebrews 12 comes after Hebrews 11. Isn't that great? <laughs> Hebrews 11 is all about one word. Wow, you guys are good. Some of you have been to Bible school. Some of you have read your Bibles. Maybe some of you watch Christian TV. I don't know. But faith by faith. And it talks about people who received things by faith. Now, when we speak that, we sometimes think it all needs to be instantaneous or it's not God. But the whole point really of Hebrews 11 is leading into Hebrews 12, and that is to endure. Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on sometimes between the verse about the promise and the verse about the fulfillment of the promise. How many are living in there, in the gap? In the gap, okay? All right, so... Hebrews 11 encourages us to trust in what we cannot see because if we hang in there, we'll see the manifestation. So it says in Hebrews 12, uh, halfway through verse 1, let us run with endurance. Endurance is the key here. We call it the faith chapter. It's actually the endurance chapter. But how many know it takes a lot of faith to endure? That's when your faith kicks in. When you're seeing the miracle happen, you don't need faith. Because it's happening, right? You need faith before the miracle happens. That's where you need faith. All right. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We all have a race that's set before us. And we're running that race. And sometimes we get tired, right? Okay, one thing runners train to do is to endure, to keep their breath, to keep their stride. We're to keep our stride. How do we do that? How do we keep our stride in this run of faith? I'd like to say walk of faith, but it says here, it's a run. How do we keep that? Looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus. The Greek word there actually means fixed eyes, fixed. You see only one thing. When you run the race, you must see the finish line. Doesn't matter what the other runners are doing. It doesn't matter what the crowd's doing. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What's going on in the world right then and there does not matter. What matters is the finish line, the prize, the prize. Sometimes the prize is just finishing, right? <laughs> Yay, it's over. When we all get to heaven, it'll be it is finished, yeah. So, but there's an there's a reward coming. 
There is, folks. There's a reward. We're not doing all this for vain, in vain. We're not necessarily doing it for a reward, but there is a reward. Jesus is our reward. Looking to Jesus, he's the prize. Keeping our eyes, fixing our eyes. It means actually not fixing your eyes on anything else. Sometimes we glance. We got to be aware. That's called peripheral vision. Everything else is in peripheral, in the periphery. You got to be aware of your periphery, but you got to be focused. When you're driving, they train you to look at the road ahead, aim high. I've been to defensive driving more times than I could tell you. I could teach the course. <laughs> aim high in steering. You look out there. You got to aim high in your run. You got to aim high in your walk. Aim high. See it out there. You don't look at the short term when you invest. You look at the long term. Same way in the spirit. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy of being with the Father, that was the prize that Jesus had. That's why he endured the cross. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. It wasn't fun. We go through a few things in life that aren't that fun, but we don't dwell on those things. Those things are in the periphery. Our focus on, is on what's out there. He despised the shame, but he's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He's in his place of rulership. And what does it say about us? We rule and reign with him. We're in that place. Now, sometimes we don't see it. We don't feel it. It doesn't look like it. But we're there, so we got to fix our eyes on that goal and nothing else. All right, flip back with me. I believe it's 1 Kings 17. First Kings is before Second Kings. after 2 Samuel. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you're here right now. Thank you that you've spoken to us. Thank you for the presence of your spirit, God, that we have experienced in worship and we can experience now through your word. Pray your peace to settle upon us, your joy. I pray for focus. I pray that we're able to see what you want us to see today and that everything else would be in the periphery. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, let's start with verse 1 of 1 Kings 17. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab, bad king, wicked king, married to a lovely lady named Jezebel. All right. As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. If you're afraid to get up in church and give a prophecy, <laughs> go into the palace and prophesy to the wicked king. Wow. That would be a challenge, folks. All right. Something in Elijah knew this was from the God. From the, it was the word of the Lord. He said, it will not rain. Now, that's a gutsy thing to prophesy, too. Imagine Elijah came out of that palace looking around to see if there was any clouds. 
And the word of the Lord came to Elijah after he gives this word to King Ahab. Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And he went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Sounds like a pretty good gig. Just go down by the river. I like being down by the river. Yeah. It's just nice. It's, it's soothing, the sound of the water over the rocks. Imagine there were some trees, because there's usually trees along the river. So he was in the shade. He had it made in the shade by the river. And he didn't have to work. He didn't. The ravens. That was his DoorDash. That was his Grubhub. The ravens delivered food to him in the morning and then in the evening. And he could drink from that river. Oh, what a nice, nice little retreat, prophet's retreat. And he's just given this word. And he's like, oh, this is so nice. I don't have to listen to anybody. Can you imagine the headlines? Elijah says no rain. We'll see about that. Experts are now talking about what it will feel like with no rain. You know, you realize that half, half of the news is people's opinions about what could possibly happen? Okay. Won't go there. So he's got this really great, great situation. And after a while, the brook dried up. Oh, my prophecy's coming true. I'm being affected by my prophecy. God, I guess, you know, the river comes from the rain, and the rain comes from the sky, and if the sky's empty, the riverbed is empty. Okay, wow, ooh, ooh, what do we do now? Okay, so he's living out a miracle, but the miracle, what do you do? Then the word of the Lord came to him. You know what you do when the river dries up, and you're in the place where you're supposed to be, but the source is no longer flowing? You need a word from the Lord, right? You don't need 10 experts. You don't need, you need to hear from God. That's what we need right now at this juncture in history. In our lives, we need to hear from God. It's okay to do your research. It's okay to know all your options. I think it is. I think all that's really, really good. But at the end of the day, only God knows what's going to happen next. Who would have predicted a lot of things that are going on in the world right now? Yeah, I mean, the biggest news would have been the Democrats. Seriously, that would have been number one news story. Well, there's this other news story that was rivaling attention. Interesting, just fascinating. All right. The word of the Lord came to him, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon beyond the borders of Israel, and dwell there. And here's the kicker. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Okay, so the ravens are done. 
He's experiencing the provision of God, the supernatural provision of God. That's pretty cool to have the ravens feed you for a time. Well, that's up. The river's dry. The raven, who knows where the ravens went? I'm going to send you to a place outside your own border, outside your own comfort zone, far away, and I'm going to send you to an unlikely person, a widow at an unlikely place, Zarephath, which is north on the coast, north of Israel. And when he came to the gate of the city, <laughs> so he goes. See, he goes in obedience. That's pretty cool. All right, I'm sure there's some time here. He had to pray about it, but the longer he waits and prays, the drier the river gets. So he's like, I better get going. My options are very narrow right now. Sometimes when we don't have many options, the word of the Lord kind of sounds better, right? So he goes north. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she was going to bring it. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, and uh, while you're at it, bring me a morsel of bread. And she said, this is the really dramatic part. As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Lord, you told me to go to Zarephath. You told me to go to a widow. Is this the right widow? There must be other widows in town. This woman has nothing for me. As a matter of fact, she's in a desperate situation. She's about to eat her last meal with her son. I mean, she's really, the strings of his heart are being played now. And Elijah said to her, Here's our thought of the day, folks, what we've been hearing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Do not fear. God said, she's the one. She's the one. She's the one. Do not fear. Go and do as you've said. But first, oh, man, they have a Jewish word for this kind of thing. It's chutzpah. The chutzpah of the prophet. You know that last meal you're going to make for you and your son? Bring it to me. And after you make mine, you can make something for you. I'm going to eat your last meal, lady. So I'm a prophet. I'm not even from around here. I'm from Israel. Woo! This is just bizarre. It's gone from weird by the river to totally bizarre. How many know they were bizarre times that he was living in? You want bizarre? Go to Ahab and Jezebel. Go to the temple of the prophets of Baal. Go to the fact that there were two kingdoms. Go to the fact that the kings of Judah were not much better than the kings of Israel. 
Go to the fact that nobody's listening to God. There were a few. There were a remnant here and there that were declaring the truth of his word. But most people were not. This was a bizarre time. And folks, look at your news feed. We are living in bizarre times. We have a reality show host for a president. That's bizarre. I don't care if you voted for him or not. That's a weird thing, right? Okay, there's a lot of weird stuff going on all over the world. Elon Musk, bizarre, expecting a baby. Congratulations. Just weird stuff's going on, folks. I don't have to belabor that point. All right, that's all in the periphery, though. Periphery. Everyone say periphery. It's okay to know about it. Don't focus on it. Don't focus on it. Keep your focus high. Keep it up. You know what C.S. Lewis said? As long as we're looking down, we're not going to see God because when we look up, we see him. Look up. Jesus said, look up. He said, your redemption's on the way. All right. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you've said. Make me a cake <laughs> and bring it to me. For thus says the Lord, he goes into prophet mode again. He's like, can I please just not prophesy for a minute here? But you ever felt like you needed a word, folks? Anybody here ever felt like you just needed a word from God? God, would you send a prophet, send Elijah, send somebody? I need to hear from you. Who knows what this lady was praying? Because she was desperate. It's one thing for you to make your last cake for yourself. Another thing for your son. All that potential. And this is a mama. She's a widow. It's been hard. She's had to struggle. And she's resigned herself to this. There's no more supply in the land. If something's going to happen, I need something supernatural. And God sends a prophet from the other side of the Jordan from way down south. A southern prophet comes to Zarephath. His name is Elijah. He comes in there. And he says... The jar of flour shall not be spent. The jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. Woo! I'm sure her head is spinning. I don't know. I was gathering sticks. I was minding my own business. This weird guy comes up, tells, tells me to feed him. You know, it was in their culture to show hospitality. If someone asked for hospitality, you gave it. This was not unusual. A stranger comes to town, you cook for the stranger. It was part of their culture. They do it today, the Bedouins in their tents. They do it in Africa. Okay, you, you, you take care of them. All right, so she's going to do it because it's just ingrained. It's in her culture. And I love verse 15. She went and did as Elijah said. And she and her household ate for many days. 
The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. I just want to say today that God is still our source. His provision does not depend on what's on hand. It's not limited to the storeroom. It's not limited to the shelf at Walmart or Kroger or Sprouts or wherever you shop. It's not limited. He is unlimited. When we walk in faith and in obedience to the word of the Lord, he provides. We saw that last week. He doesn't provide stingily, begrudgingly. He's our father. You fathers and mothers, you will give over and above to your kids. Right? If you're a good father or mother. And I know all of us here are. Right? Yes, say amen. You're a good father. You're a good mother. It's okay to acknowledge that. Well, if you, being limited in your resource, know how to give good gifts, how much more will your God supply all your need according to his riches and glory, right? If you're focused on his word and living by his word and living in the covenant that he has given you, then he will supply. Whatever the season, whatever the drought, whatever's going on. I went to Walmart last night. I will admit it. My name is Dan. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And I struggle with going to Walmart. And I looked at people, looked to see if they had any hand sanitizer in their cart. The sanitizer shelf, empty. The toilet paper, half gone. It was down to the Angel Soft brand, the off brand. Okay, the, the, the measures you will go to when things are desperate. I got to the cleaning aisle. There was a 30 foot gap where the Clorox used to be. I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I looked down. There was one case of Clorox wipes at $1.83 a piece. One case. And it said on that case that these wipes will kill 99.9% .9 of everything. I slowly reached down and put them in my cart. I put a couple. And then I thought, well, the church might need some. I put a couple more. And I thought, we're trying to enforce cleanliness and sanitation in our nurseries. I put a couple more. I stopped at six. I could have grabbed the whole case. But I thought, if God supplied these for me here tonight, he can supply whatever I need. Now, we're not going to tempt the Lord by not washing our hands. We're not going to tempt the Lord by not sanitizing things. I've told the nursery workers, do what you were told to do when you signed up to be a nursery worker, and that is keep stuff clean, sanitize it. These kids slobber all over everything. 
right? And those are the fifth graders. Okay, so the babies, <laughs> the babies, oh my goodness. Yeah, we just need to be doing this. I told the coffee bar people, do your job. Your job includes sanitizing everything all the time, several times a day. Shelly, you worked there many years. We sanitize, right? And we sanitize what we sanitized. And we spray everything down because the health inspector is going to come in. She's going to test that water and make sure that it's, it does its job, right? So I believe the word for the day is if you've been living right, if you've been doing the right thing, if you've been following God, if you've been listening to his word, do what you've always done in this season. You'll be protected. You'll be covered. You'll be prepared. God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. It's not time to freak out. But the answer is hearing the word of the Lord. We have the word of the Lord, folks. This is a Bible, believe it or not. All right? Who's got me a paper Bible? You know I always love stealing your Bible. Well-worn Bible, I like that. We have the word of the Lord. Read it, heed it. Enough said. Hear the word of the Lord as we gather in church. I would like, now that we're in prophetic mode, Ben released a prophetic move. We need the scribes to come and write these things down. Scribe. God saved you for such a time as this. <laughs> Take notes. Caroline came up and said that that word confirmed what the Lord had already been speaking to her. A good word of the Lord will confirm. If you're in the right place with God, a word will confirm what you already know. Nine times out of ten. All right? Prophecy 101. It can't happen the other way. Just usually, if you're in the right place... So do what you're supposed to be doing, folks. When we were in Sunday school, actually when we were Sunday school teachers, my wife and I, back in the day, there was a song, read your Bible, pray every day. And you'll grow, grow, grow. I forgot that part, thank you. Whoever, whoever remembered that part, and you'll grow, grow, grow. It's silly, it's simple. But God uses the foolish things of this world. So do it. Stay in the word, folks. Feed yourself. Stay in fellowship. If we have to keep six feet from each other, fine. God bless you. I love you. Hug. No, do what God says. That's what they're saying on the news. If you're in a public place, especially if you're over 60, keep six feet distance from someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Around here. I just want to hug you, Pastor. <laughs> I'm, wor I'm the worst about it, okay? <laughs> All right, so. All right, so just obey the Lord. That's my word. Okay, do what you've always done. Obey the Lord, right? And uh, God's doing great and mighty things. If it's as crazy as it was in the days of Ahab, God's going to release the spirit of Elijah, and we're going to see a showdown between good and evil. What happened finally? Ooh, he must be a Bible teacher that goes to Kenya six months out of the year. Whoa. 
he ended up on top of the mountain and there was a showdown. And the prophets of Baal could not produce the prophet of God, the prophet of God. The fire came. We need the fire of God to come, amen? I'm going to leave it right there. Where's my musicians? Come on up. They're not my musicians. They're the Lord's musicians. All right. So would you stand up with me? Prayer team, come up here. It's early. We got time to pray. We got time to seek. If you need prayer for whatever reason, these are hard floors. If the Lord comes upon someone, someone else be there to catch them. All right. All right. So we're just going to believe God to do what only he can do. Brother Gary, come up here. Pray. Pray for us. Lord God, we just thank you for this word today, Lord, that we do not live in fear, but we live in knowing that you are our Father, you are our Creator, that you just love us and desire the best for us, that you will provide for us if we keep our eye on you and not on those things that the devil would send to distract us from you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come right now and just fill us right now those things that we need to take care of, those things we need to lay at your feet right now. We just ask you just to touch our heart and just come and allow the prayer team just to come and feel that presence, of that physical presence as you with the spiritual presence come and wrap around and just lay that down on the altar to encourage you today. More of you right now, Lord God. We just thank you. Lord, what we've heard through our ears, touch our heart and allow that just to grow right now. just want to say one thing, you know, with, with the prophetic moving, I know sometimes God will give us a word for an individual and you'll go to that individual. Just make sure there's someone else there for your protection to keep this as a safe place. Uh, we're told to judge the words that are spoken. So uh, we just ask in this house that you, just for safety, to have someone else there if you have a word for somebody. Thanks.